Blog Talk Radio. morning edition of Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio. The voice you hear through your dial is Will Porter. I am the producer of this show, just pushing the buttons and answering the phones and just making sure that uh, the entire show runs smoothly and uh, pr- producing just a, a great, another five-star quality show. And we will do that uh, here today on the ninth day of January in the year 20. 20- 20. How has the how's the first week been uh, treating everybody? I certainly hope that it has been uh, doing well. Uh, certainly across the sports world, it's been uh, a crazy, crazy uh, week of, of events and uh, news just to get to, and we'll get into all of that uh, later on today, uh, just throughout the show. And hey, if you want to call in and be a part of the show, uh, be our guest. The number to call in is 323-784-784. 9681 as we will you know of course take your call and just make sure that that again the show just uh runs seamlessly from from start to finish and that we're able to give you uh that show that um that you're so um always looking forward to um and looking forward to hear so with all of, with all of that being said just a, a bunch of topics really um just to kind of dive into uh, NFL and across uh, college football and uh, the recruiting, the recruiting class as it is, uh, as it stands, uh, for, for most of, most around, um, around the the NFL or around the league, uh, and recruiting as well from from high school, and then on. But um, you know, really just uh, really just a lot of topics uh, in regards to the coaches, um, and and as we we you know we kind of dive into these, um, we kind of dive into these things uh, once again, uh, time and time again, but. Uh, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And a lot of the, a lot of the coaches, um, let's see, I think Matt rule just got introduced yesterday to the Carolina Panthers. He is, he is going to be, um, he is going to be the next uh, Carolina Panthers head coach, uh, for the, for the time being his contract, I think has been, uh, called to be maybe five or six years and same as same as Mike McCarthy's, I think same as uh, Joe Judge's, uh, still have yet to be played or, or still have yet to be shown the news out of Cleveland as far as who's going to be the next head coach there. Um, and then of course that uh, the, the questions about the the divisional round of the playoffs, um, the the biggest questions for all eight teams, uh, especially uh, regarding to injuries. And uh, the the press conference was yesterday for Mike McCarthy and, and being the the Dallas Cowboys uh, next head coach. 
um, and and some uh, some uh, some kind of uh, ringing of, of bells, if you will, that that Jerry Jones uh, said that he heard in regards to uh, hiring uh, Mike McCarthy to the um, to become the friend to become the uh, next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Something interesting too uh, that I wanted to uh, touch base on as well, talking about uh, the Dallas Cowboys, is that if if there was no other coach out there that could have uh, proven himself worthy of the job uh and, and Jerry you know being being the owner that he is uh taking it uh, taking it from the perspective of of a family run business uh that is his um that is his organization um Jason Garrett would have possibly stuck around to be uh still be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys now as as far as I can confirm that I cannot but uh, the word the word was there, and according to a lot of sources close to close to the Cowboys, that's that's exactly what was going to happen. Um, and of course, with all of that, uh, you, you've also got the college front uh, as well. As we're going to dive into uh, Monday's game, of course, the national championship game. Everybody's going to be looking forward to that. Uh, no more bowl games, unfortunately, and um, you know you, you had to talk to some of the people. Uh, some of the people that say, "Well, there are may- way too many bowl games," and then and then they turn the TV on. Well, why isn't there a um, why is not there any any um, bowl games going on right now? Um, and then also some other news just uh, coming from from players that are going to enter the draft, foregoing their senior season. Uh, some more that are staying, um, coaches that are coaches that are leaving, coaches that are staying. Uh, all of these things that are uh, that are going to be going. Uh, just all, all throughout the all throughout the league, all these different um, all these different news stories um, and uh, from sources and things like that. So uh, this is what we are going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout here. And again, if you want to call into the show and discuss any of the topics that we are going to today, um, please by all means be our guest. The number to call in is three two three seven eight four nine six eight one, and um, we're going to like continue to do this. Um, this new thing from from six to eight, it's still trying to get some things worked out here on on our end, but still um, hoping uh, each and every day to give you a five star quality show and with uh, with guests and other topics. And it, it's just uh, it, it's kind of difficult now because the the snag of high school football it's uh, it's come and gone. The only thing really to talk about is is recruiting. Anything on the college front, it's uh, it's with all the coaching either coaching changes or players going to enter the draft or are players going to be coming back or players transferring uh, as far as players. Now with coaches, it's either coaches leaving, coaches getting fired, coaches uh, changing, changing jobs somewhere within the programs. But, you know, other than that, it's, it's very, um, it's very cut and dry about what all topics that, that are available on the table. Uh, And also not to mention, uh, the, with with NFL now that now that football is still winding down and it's only it's only a matter of time uh, before the Super Bowl is going to become a, uh, be around that's in about two three about four weeks the first weekend in February the first Sunday in February and that will be the end of football as we know it unless we just happen to get into the XFL because the XFL is uh, up and coming once again, and uh, that that is still football to some degree. It's not the it's not the NFL. It's not 
uh, college football, but it is uh, football uh, nevertheless. So quick time out here, and we will be uh, joining you right back after this break. You are listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio, and to that, I say good morning to you all. Back in here, everybody. Time is 6.10 in the a.m. And welcome into Southern Sports Central. If you are just joining us, um, my name is William Porter. William Porter, but you can call me Will. Uh, I am the guy on the other side of the glass just uh, pressing the buttons and answering the phones and answering your phones. If you do decide to call into the show, that number is 323-784-9681. Hey, if there's any topic that you want to bring to um, our attention that we're not going to cover today, but you would like to talk about, then, you know, bring it on in and we will do the best that we can uh, to, again, give you, uh, give you a great show and, and something to talk about uh, and something that we can be able to talk about uh, together. With all of that being said, uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff coming out of, of the uh, NCAA uh, in, regards to, um, in regards to players staying and leaving, uh, the biggest news yesterday was uh, – uh, former quarterback, now now he's going to be the former quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs, Jake Fromm. Uh, he has decided to uh, declare for the draft 
uh, that news coming out uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, sometime yesterday evening. And this this is no surprise, really, as I want to bring in uh, Richie Altman. He joins uh, he joins the, the show now. Um, Richie, th- this really does uh, come to no surprise that that Jake Fromm decides to leave. He's going to forego his senior season. I, I think this is his senior season um, that he's going or. If it's not, then he would have been a, a fifth-year senior. Uh, but he decides to uh, – he does bypass his senior season, and he is declaring for uh, the draft uh, this quarterback who has guided the Bulldogs to three consecutive uh, SEC East titles, and he made the announcement on social media on Wednesday. Um, first of all, Richie, I say top of the morning to you. And also, uh, what do you think about uh, Fromm's decision uh, leaving the University of Georgia? Uh, top of the morning, guys. Uh, yeah, you know, a couple of things. First of all, uh, here, here's the thing. I'm a little shocked by him leaving because of the fact that I think Georgia has a lot of guys coming back. I, I think that they're uh, – I, I don't know. I, I look at the, the class that's going in next year with quarterbacks. This is a very heavy quarterback conversation going into the draft this year. Uh, it, where does he fit in? I, at fourth, maybe best, maybe best at fourth. I mean, I definitely don't see him going number one quarterback. That's LSU. Number two is Alabama's two, and number three is uh, Oregon's quarterback. And then you got Georgia's quarterback. And the rule of thumb is, if you look at any or you talk to any of our coaches that are, that have come on here and around the country, you know they tell you to go if you feel like you've topped it off, that you don't have anything else to give, that your draft status is as high as it's going to go. So somebody has told him he's probably at his peak right now. Or does he know something that's getting ready to come out of Georgia that we don't know? And I'm not trying to stir the pot or, or, or start a conversation, but if I'm not mistaken, and maybe I dreamed it, I don't know, but I think they just got in. There is some conversation right now, some recruiting conversation going on in, in Athens right now with some, some violations possibly that's going on. So there could be some things going on that he may know more about that we don't know about. So, again, there, there is uh, – it, it's just kind of shocking to me that he wouldn't come back for a senior year there's a lot of unfinished business. Most quarterbacks don't leave when there's unfinished business. They want to come back and finish the situation, i.e., you look at the gentleman that left from Alabama to went to Oklahoma. He thought he had a little bit more in the tank here in college, so he came back to do a little bit more. So, for me, it's kind of a weird thing, but, but it is what it is. These kids, uh, he realizes. Or does he look over at two and say, look, that could have been me. That could be me. You know, I'm in a very tough conference. I'm in a, a smash-mouth defense conference that comes after us, and they, they try to hurt us every time they hit us. Like it or not, that's the way it works. It's that collision sport conversation that we have day in and day out in here. So for me, it, it's it's a little shocking to me, a little shocking to me to see him coming to the draft. And I saw it yesterday come across, and he went through social media to do it. Uh, I was like, wow. Well, I mean, that's good news for everybody else. Now, George is known for, you know, just turning the door, if you will, turning the page to the next quarterback. So I'm sure they don't they won't have a problem with a quarterback coming in. But they're going to get a greenhorn quarterback coming in here who's not taking a snap, who's not seen a lot of action, who's not familiar with a lot of things. So if you're playing, you know, the the dogs early, you're going to have a little leg up there. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And the thing about it is that, uh, you know, with college being more of a developmental um, aspect to the game, that you're still young, you're still learning uh, before you enter the NFL. Which the NFL, you're you're. Uh, basically, the talents that you have are, are used to the advantage of the teams that you that you play for, uh, essentially that you work for. Uh, 
um, but talking about work and uh, the the quality of play that Jake Fromm has. Um, you know, he's he's not a terrible quarterback. As, as a matter of fact, he's ranked um, the fifth best quarterback eligible uh, for the 2020 draft, and that's behind uh, LSU's Joe Burrow, Alabama's Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Justin Herbert from Oregon, and Jacob Eason from Washington. This is all from uh, ESPN's uh, Mel Kiper, and so it's a, it's a loaded class. Like like you you take a look at those names that I just mentioned. Yeah, and I didn't even know. I didn't know that list even exists. I forgot about the other, aka Georgia quarterbacks. It's Eason. It's on the West Coast either. So. I had him at number four. They've got him at number five. Why would you leave at number five? I know the money's going to be great. Hell, I'd, <laughs> you ain't going to give me a whole lot more money than that. But, right. but nevertheless, at, at number five, that's just the number five quarterback. There's going to be a lot of other guys, other positions that these guys are going for. There's, there's linebackers. There's receivers. There's running backs. There's defensive guys. There's offensive guys. There's special team guys that could fall in front of this guy. Number five quarterback is – it's something, and then if you go through the NFL and look, the NFL, are, are they hungry for quarterbacks right now? I, I don't think so. I think a lot of people are pretty looking pretty decent. Quarterback play is not some of the biggest issues that they have across the NFL right now. I, I, you know, I, I'm just kind of shocked. When, I, when he came out, I thought to myself, I get, now next year he's going to have to fall in line behind Clemson's quarterback. He will be the number one draft pick next year. I, I don't see him coming back after next year. I think next year is kind of his farewell tour yeah, it's kinda, in Death Valley. Yeah, it's kind of going to be uh, right. uh, Trevor Lawrence's uh, Heisman to lose and his first-round pick to lose. Right. Uh, it's kind of like the conversation surrounding Tua at the beginning of the season that you know he's going to be the consensus number one overall pick, but we didn't see Joe Burrow, and we didn't see the hip injury happen in the future. Right, and, and, then we, you know, and, and who's to say he still ends up number two? I, I know that's what they're saying. But there is a lot of questions there with his hip injury. There are some injuries with his ankle injury from a year ago. So, so both, both of his ankle injuries. That's what I'm saying. Because he sustained he right. sustained one this year as well. Exactly. Early on, and then it was the so he, then it was the hip. Right. He's damaged product coming in here. I mean, he's that guy that he may be a real he he may be a rebuilt engine, and he may be as good as a, a brand new engine to some degree. But he still has that man. What happens if it hiccups? What happens if it stalls? What happens? There's always that what happens thing. Yeah. You don't have that with that number three guy coming out of Oregon, that number four guy coming out of uh, Washington, that number five guy now coming out of Georgia. You definitely don't have it out of the number one guy, LSU. So there are those questions that they're going to come front. And, oh, by the way, uh, next year you would have Ohio State's quarterback also that's going to be part of this conversation with the quarterback play as well. So that's two guarantees, him being, I thought, number three, but it, it's just it doesn't fit for me. It doesn't fit for me now. Again, Kirby Smart's a, a very good recruiter. He's he's got the roots into Athens because he played in Athens. He knows how to recruit this area. They've never ever never have they ever struggled getting a quarterback. They are known, and this is another thing. They're not known for quarterbacks leaving early. They're known for quarterbacks staying for four years. Hell, I thought quarterbacks. You know, we have Mike Bobo. If you're if you're a Gamecock, is, is your offensive coordinator man? I thought Mike Bobo like invented Georgia because he was there forever. I mean, Bobo's name was always on that roster. And, and if you ever ask anybody in, 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 in Georgia, in, in Athens, or at a game when you're playing the Bulldogs, they don't even know their number two guy. Now, they might know more now than they did back in the 90s because recruiting is such a sport now. But they had no idea who number two was. They knew Matthew Stafford was their man, but who's their number two guy? Oh, they couldn't tell you. Now, they could tell you their running backs and their wide receivers and their linebackers and their water boys and their cheerleaders. They couldn't tell you their number yeah. two because they were that good. doesn't matter who our number two guy is. He's never going to see the field until he graduates. And then you get that one guy 
Yeah. That Quincy and, Carter that comes in, and, and then boom, he has one year, and he goes out and does great things. You're right, and that's the thing about Jake Fromm, too. You know, like, he, he's he's the clear-cut Georgia quarterback being there for uh, for three years, having a, having a record uh, 41 starts, which is the most starts out of any any quarterback that is going into this draft. And, and you take a look at the things, um, and you take a look ahead at next year, because th- this year – this year is fair to say that it's it's a very heavy uh, quarterback class because uh, you have talent coming from from everywhere in all parts of the country, and if and just say just say hypothetically that Fromm were to stay, he would have to compete with with the Justin Fields, with a Trevor Lawrence, uh, in a way with a Sam Ellinger. We'll see how he does at Texas if he, if he gets any better or any worse. Um, I think that I think that Baylor's quarterback uh, is, as a matter of fact, he's he's going to be an upcoming uh, junior or a senior. Um, I've heard great things about him, and there, and there are some you you have to take a look around the league um, and, and around the programs uh, across the country to see where uh, these these other quarterbacks are. Uh, we we just have notable names as, as those three because they they have been in the conversation uh, for so long. Uh, Bo Nix, I think, may even be one. Uh, if I, I'm not sure if he's a if a freshman or a sophomore, or, uh, what year that he is eligible that he is, but. You know, you mentioned those names, you, you have those names listed, and it, it's a very competitive class. And then you add Fromm into the conversation. Yeah, he may be bumped up to number three or number four, um, as opposed to the number five guy who's, who's projected to go. But that's really, you know, all of this is really dependent on who needs who, like, like the, the, the teams who need this key piece. Which team needs a quarterback that can uh, throw it from the pocket more so that that Jake Fromm does? Because, like, let's uh, let's all be honest. Like, the NFL is is a game of trends sometimes, and the trend is going to be getting getting a player like a uh, Lamar Jackson who is able to run the ball like a running back, but also to pass it like a quarterback, like he should. And, and that's the the new. Um, that's the new engine of an offense. Can right. can Jake Fromm be able to do that, or or is it? Can you trust the roots of the NFL, which is being being a pocket passer, having uh, protection up front, and being able to sling it to your receivers? Like that. Like those are the those are the key questions as to like in regards to where is he going to go in in this draft in particular. Well, you know, I, and I think there's there's a lot of conversation here. Um, you know, you you start to kind of put things. And Reginald Walker Jr., who has come on the show, he put something out yesterday, too, that I, that I did see. Um, thought about Jake Fromm, you know, he said he will be a good quarterback in the NFL situation. The best case scenario is he can sit a year or two behind a veteran quarterback. And, again, that was uh, the gentleman that comes on here now, one of our, our big-time favorite guys that comes in and talks a little bit about everything here. But if you go back and look at – let's look at this mock draft brought to you by our friends over at 24-7 Sports. Now, they already have number one. Who do you think that is? Joe Burrow, no doubt. Number two is Chase Young. Okay, this is a guy – you're looking at defensive lineman, very clownish, and then I mean, Jadavion clownish, if you know what I mean, because he is a, a guy who will put the fear in your eyes. Number three is out of Athens, by the way, but it's an offensive lineman. Remember, I told you, skilled players, position players, utility players, all of that – you have to take into consideration when you're coming out, you're going to be at best the number four or five quarterback. Number four, Tua Tagovailoa. That's that's the number four guy sitting there. Now they're saying he's going to go to the Dolphins. Number five, Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama, going to the Jets. Number five, you're going to go in here and you're going to see. Uh, excuse me, he would be number. He would be number five. Jerry Judy would be number five. 
Number six, now we'll get to a little smaller here. Uh, a defensive back out of Ohio State looking to go to the Falcons, Tristan Wirfs. Uh, Iowa going to Cleveland Browns. That's an offensive lineman. You got a safety going to Tampa, wide receiver, defensive lineman, and, and, and there you go. I, you just don't see it. You go all the way through, and the next quarterback is going to be uh, Justin Herbert, who is maybe going to go all the way down to number 12, going to Los Angeles to the Chargers out of Oregon. You don't see another quarterback on the board for quite some time, and, and that, that's where you start to wonder. Uh, Utah State's guy. You know, nobody's talking about Jordan Love. This guy is, is, is very good. He may not play in this power environment that you see the SEC, the ACC, the PAC, you know, the, the rest of the two conferences, but he's a guy. He's a guy that you can't ever look. You know, you still have cornerbacks and offensive linemen, cornerbacks, wide receivers. There's just so many guys, Will, that, that I don't – I just didn't see it. I, I didn't see him coming in here. That's why – Again, I I don't like to do this because it brings out speculation, but you wonder. And and if I go back and look through our, our notes, or go back and look at the, through some things here, is something going to come out on some recruiting news out of Athens that may pin these guys against the wall, or may not? Maybe he's just seen Tua get hurt and he's realized, look, if I stay, I get hurt, and then I'm done and I'm out, and and then I'm I'm no better and not in any better situation, you know. So so is he looking at longevity, or what? Because at this point, at, at this tenure, I'm, I'm just going through and looking, and I, I just don't know. I don't know if I see him going in the first round. And if you're not going in the first round, dude, that's that's not a good move for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the the speculation that is surrounding the the Georgia uh, program and the the possible what recruiting um, just like the recruiting mishaps or whatever. Um, that that you're saying the rumors that are going around Athens right now, um, that that's surrounding the the Georgia Bulldog football program. You know that the the question was, of course, whether or not he was going to stay or go. Because if he was going to if he was going to stay, then I think still like still regardless, I think Georgia needs to and still does uh, need to recruit a quarterback if they haven't already, which I'm sure that they have. They they've recruited a running back who. Uh, I mentioned yesterday he uh, decided to withdraw, and that may be in direct correlation uh, to uh, to these rumors and, and whatnot. But uh, like he he was willing uh, he was willing or able to back out of of the contract or, or the uh, the signing um, his declaration to the Georgia Bulldogs. But he he was able to uh, pull himself out of that, and uh, and now he's reopened his options. But the, the question about uh, from was that he was seriously considering whether to uh, return, and he was waiting, of course, for more feedback from the the NFL, and and the coaches were priming themselves for the possibility, um, and and so they were scouring the nation for a, a second quarterback uh, in this class, and the guy that they were looking at was uh, C.J. Stroud, who was a four-star prospect, uh, ranked as the nation's second best pro-style quarterback by by 24/7 Sports. Uh, he was from uh, California. He'd long been considered a favorite for uh, Ohio State, and I- I'm not really sure exactly where he went, but uh, the the word is is that it was not Georgia. Um, now the and so Georgia already has a, a commitment from uh, Carson Beck uh, of Jacksonville, who is rated the eighth best uh, pro style quarterback. Uh, but and now Fromm leaves, and he's unable to to add a grad transfer 
the choices are back. Former walk-on Seston Bennett and current freshman Dwan Mathis, none of whom was a top 100 recruit coming out of high school. Uh, then that's a far cry from the days of, of Jacob, Jacob Eason, Justin Fields, and, and from. Um, and, and let's be honest, this was kind of a down year for the Georgia Bulldogs uh, in regards to, you know, where they were. Uh, the, the offensive line was really struggling all throughout, uh, all throughout the year. And uh, defense still putting up good numbers, but, but defense is only able to do so much. Defense can't really score points the way that the offense can. Yeah, but I feel they and, – and, and so here, here's the fun part of doing radio with, with, with somebody in, in here with you, man, is, is that I'm going to go on the other side. This is a team they, – dude, they were in the SEC championship. So if this is a down year, I can show you some down years in Athens. And, and, and they're only lost all year long. They lost one game all year to South Carolina. So, hell, if this is down, my God, <laughs> their up is going to be amazing, right? I mean, that, that's the way I look at it. I mean, and, and I'm on the other side of it, too. And, again, this is why we do what we do, to disagree and say, I think defensive teams win championships. You, win a, you, you have to stop sco- teams from scoring. Three to nothing is, is a victory. Two to nothing is a victory. And, and, and so, when you look at it, I've seen great offensive teams put up a lot of points. But if you can't stop the bleeding from the other side, it doesn't matter. And, and, and everybody says, and I've heard this growing up, that special teams win championships. I don't believe that. I, I think that they, they capitalize, they top off the championship, literally, right, with the extra points. But I think defensive teams that are led by heavy defensive power are the ones that win championships. Why didn't Alabama win a championship this year? Because they didn't have a defense. Their defense was horrific comparatively. Again, they only lost two games all year. Down year for Alabama, down year for Georgia is what you're saying. And, and you're not alone. There's a lot of people who have this conversation. But, but for me, for me sitting in my chair, sitting where I sit, uh, Kirby Smart is, is very smart in, in a lot of different things. And the, what the one area that I do feel very good at is that he's going to reload. And, and, again, quarterback play has never been an issue in Athens. They've never had a problem recruiting running backs and quarterbacks and wide receivers. This is something that has been there from uh, – their days of their former coach to their current coach to any coach I can imagine that, that this is what they do. So, so for me to say that, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, this defense only gave up so many, so many touchdowns this year. Yeah. The, this Georgia defense, and, and then we'll go to a quick break after this, after this word, do you want to continue this conversation after or uh, take well, it's it up or? to you? Cause I'm going to let you kind of run with it here today. Okay. Uh, I know the other thing is that, that I probably, uh, we, we mentioned this yesterday and, and I kind of put it out there on my social media at, at, at Richie Altman on, on Twitter. And uh, that was the conversation of, uh, of, I did not realize, and I did not think about Mike Leach possibly heading to Mississippi state boy. Yeah, that was a possibility. Um, I've said this for a long time when he was at Texas Tech, when he was playing in the Big 12, is that I'd love to see that dude in the SEC. Now, I'd love to see him in Columbia, South Carolina. And, God, I wish they hold on, uh, because if Will Muschamp, by the way, isn't the answer, I'd love to see him come in to have him and a Frank Martin. Man, our our, our media department would go crazy. I, I don't know if we can handle a Frank Martin and have a Mike Leach in the building at the same time, the sarcasm would be alone would be incredible, <laughs> but I would love to have it. And, yeah. and he's just, he, listen, he's blunt. He's real. He's loved by his players, you know, and, and, and that may be something you can touch on here through throughout. So just in case I don't come back in after your break, a couple of things, first of all, guys, 
Uh, good morning. One final time here this morning. We've got a lot of transition and happening, and you guys that have been a part of Southern Sports Central, this is the time of year where a lot of times we take this morning spot and we head out into the afternoons until the evening. That is something that we are going to do on Monday. We will come at you live from 6 to 8 in the evenings. Why is that? Well, because we're going to start covering some baseball games. So on top of uh, us doing a show, we're going to do baseball on top. There, there's just a lot happening, and it's like Will said in the intro there, High school football is kind of falling back a little bit. There's always going to be recruiting. There's always going to be some conversations. College is the same way. College and sports now is going to turn into the next chapter, which is recruiting. NFL is going to finally find its way to the shelves as well. Now, that means college basketball is going to be full-fledged, and that's something that will that's close to your heart. And yeah, no, college, college, well. ba- college basketball is uh, ramping up right. now. It's in conference play. Uh, a lot of good games have been played this week already, right. some that I've seen. And, man, I like, – A lot of questions in, 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 in Tar Heel country, and a lot of those people are wondering if you know, what's going on, in, in of course, in, in UNC. And is this the – I saw somebody the other day post, is this the year that, that Clemson finally beats uh, the Tar Heels? Man, Clemson's awful at basketball. I mean, I don't care. I, I mean, eh, that's a whole nother, that's were, a whole other show that we can get good, into. But. They were good at one point, and they gave us some hope in, in basketball. Last and year. Then it was last year, and then they finally lost the game. Then they lost another game, and they lost another game. Yeah. And I, I, that's just kind of how it went in basketball. And I was like, right. eh, come to be expected. You, well, can't, be, you can't be the football team on a basketball and, program And most either. teams aren't. Most teams don't dominate all three of the major series, and that being football, basketball, and baseball. There are very rarely teams that do that. Florida State has done that in the past. They've yes. always had great baseball. They've always had consistent basketball, and they've always been good at football. And I think their days are coming back. We'll see if their hire is right. But there is a lot happening here at Southern Sports Central, and the best way you can do that, and I know you, you've heard Will all week, and I appreciate you stepping up. I've had a lot of meetings this morning. I've got more of the day that, that I've got to get to, and, and so it enables me to be in here with you, and we've moved it to 6 to 8 to try to get these guys who are rolling a little bit early uh, here in the new year an opportunity to listen to us an hour earlier, and, and it does limit our guest appearances because of the fact that it is early. But what we're going to do is because of the fact that I have a lot of respect for Bobby Harden, who is a, a, a radio personality here in Charleston from three to six, I, I'm going to wait until after six o'clock to come on the air. Uh, and I'll do it from six to eight. And we're going to, we're going to have an opportunity here, Will, to bring in the high school athletes still to come in. I got a young man that just sent me a, I guess he wrote a, a, a book or is in the middle of reading, a, writing a book. I haven't gotten into it. He sent it to me about depression and overcoming it. And he's an athlete. He's a college football player, I believe. I hadn't got into it, so we're going to get into that. There's just a lot of things that we can start to peel back in the afternoon hours. People are, are getting home. They can turn us on. They can call us in. And it would be a little easier for some of these guys to get into us here uh, in the afternoon. But this is not unnormal for Southern Sports Central for us to come at you in a late evening show uh, on during the spring. Uh, we, we accommodate where we can. It's just that's not possible during the fall. Now, when we, if we, that day comes at CBS or Fox or ESPN puts us on on a regular basis, then, then it's a different formula. It's a different avenue. And, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I do want to thank all of our guests and, and all of our listeners and everybody who continues to believe in what we do. Saw an article yesterday, the guy, by the way, and I'm going to give it back to you, from LSU, who is the voice of the Tigers. He started his days on Friday nights in a high school. He was the voice of a high school who never stopped believing, who never stopped achieving, who never stopped pushing, clawing, scratching, believing that his goal was to become the voice of a college, uh, a college football team. Here he is. He goes from the Friday night lights to the Saturday showdown, or it will be what, uh, a Monday showdown in the national championship. And to me, 
those are the guys that I look at going, man, that's that's why I'm doing what I'm doing here at Southern Sports Central. So to bring you in, Will, uh, and, and you've got a lot of things going on, too, because we may end up having a remote office, uh, a studio in, in, in another area here shortly in another state, and that will be your studio that you will run it out of there, and it will be, of course, all connected to our family here at Southern Sports Central out of the uh, Charleston branch. But you know, there's a lot of things happening, even though you don't, you know, that we do. And like you said, all week long, you've mentioned that I've been in meetings all week trying to get a lot of things organized. There's been a lot of things happening here behind the scenes. But we are determined. We are focused. We are who we think we are. And that is a, a, a group of guys and girls that are going to educate, entertain, and do it with a little sarcasm because we don't want to give you stats and scores. We're not going to sit here and, and read the paper to you on the radio. That's not our job. I'm not going to break down scores around the country uh, coming back from breaks. I, I, you could do that yourself. What I'm going to do is bring you some guests. I'm going to bring you some entertainers, some educators, bring you some people that can get you into the know because that World Wide Web is a dangerous thing unless you understand it. And the one thing that I do love that we have done is that we don't run away from the hot topics that are not always mentioned. Some of these topics aren't even talked about in your churches that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about money and how do you handle things. And we're going to get a financial uh, advisor in here in the next couple of weeks to talk to these athletes about how do you write a check and how do you get a bank account and what should you do when you first start your first job and having a savings account. Those are the topics that I believe that our young athletes need to be hearing. These are the topics that I believe our listeners need to be a part of. It's all related. How many times do you hear about these two problems? Former NFL players come out of the NFL and they're broke. They didn't have a plan because they were told when to get up, when to go to sleep, and everything in to do between that dash. I've been there. I've done it. I understand it. You're told to wake up at this time, to be in bed by that time, and here's your slate in between there. You got to go to school. You got to work out. You got to go back to class. You got to go back to this. You got to, and it's all told. So when it's over, said done. Never played in the NFL, by the way, but I know that they have that same set schedule. When it's done, there's nobody there to tell you what to do. You don't know what to do. You've lost this. Like Ricky Bobby doesn't know what to do with his hands. These guys don't know. They don't have a financial advisor, possibly. How many times do you hear about these guys drinking and driving? When they've got a billion bucks in the bank, they can just call it Uber. But they don't think like that because nobody told them to do that. Well, we're going to help you guys there. And, and that's the thing that separates Southern Sports Central than, than any other radio show in the country, all the way from Charleston, South Carolina, to San Diego, California. And, and that's why we keep pushing, clawing, scratching, believing, doing what we do. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, my job, my responsibility is, is to propel use this platform in the most positive manner as possible. And that's why I bring in the guests that we bring in. And that's why God keeps blessing these guests. And, and hard to believe in the last, the, the last three guests that have come on for the first time all have a connection to Charleston, and I had no idea that they had some type of relations to the low country. That, to me, shows me, not you, but me, I'm doing something right here. So I'm going to vow to you. We're going to keep pushing. We may have to move some things around a little bit, and that's okay. Because here's the thing, we're live when we're on, and we're recorded when we're off. So you can listen to us 24-7. That's the neatest thing in the world. We will continue to push through. And, Will, I'm going to turn it back to you and let you kind of run this thing. I may jump in here with you throughout uh, here in the studio, but I'm going to get back to my office and, and, and kind of put some things together here. As I, I've got a meeting this morning. But, uh, again, great job. I appreciate you getting in here an hour early, man. So for us to get in at 6, that means Will's got to walk in the studio around 530. Uh, and, and again, a lot of work's put into it. He's a young guy who's got a lot of uh, energy, and uh, and I'm just excited to have you part of this family. Excited to have you on here. And um, you know, you and I, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep pushing this thing through, dude. We got a lot of people believing in us, so 
uh, we got a responsibility to athletes. And the more high schools we've dove into, the responsibility gets bigger. The expectations get higher. Okay? People lean on us, love on us, and, and, and so it's our job to, to not just quit or to not just say, well, we didn't get that shot. It's okay, man. We're taking shots, baby, because sooner or later one's going to fall in the hoop, and that's just the way it works. I've been doing this for a long time, and a lot of guys say no. I just tell you to grab your popcorn, your soda pop, sit back and relax and watch the show because I'm about to light it up. So that's, that's just how I believe. Take it as cocky all you want. I'm confident. I'm the Deion Sanders of the radio. I'm the guy that's going to tell you I'm going to take five steps out, two steps in, I'm going to catch a football. Now it's your job to intercept it. That's just the way it works. And, and, and when I don't get that way, when I don't believe in myself that way, I start to fall. So I can't change me. I'm not going to change me. I'm going to do what I know I love to do, and that is bring you five-star sports radio, bring in guys like Will Porter, bring in guys all across the country. When I can get a guy to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning in San Diego, California, that's a big-time social media guy, you know I'm doing something right. And that's all I'll say. Will, back to you, my friend. Uh, enjoy the rest of the show. I, I do enjoy I do listen when I get out in my car, and uh, I, I've enjoyed it. So keep doing what you're doing. But we are going to come at you live starting Monday from 6 to 8 in the evening. That's right, in the evening. So you'll be able to hang out with us on your drive home. Uh, you'll be able to hang out with us uh, when have you, and it's going to be a lot easier. Um, it's going to be a lot easier for us to get in here and get some different guests in the afternoon than it is in the morning because it is hard to get guests in the morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you talk about the high school athlete, you know, it's kind of hard for them to, to get up at 6 in the morning anyways. Um, but it's not hard. They the, don't want the, to. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you tell them that practice starts in five minutes, they'll, they'll be up and at it. Maybe, but there, but there is no practice. That's that's yeah, that's, that, and that's a big baby. But yeah, you're right. And I didn't mean to kind of steer this thing. I know we were talking to Jake Prom, and and of course you got Ole Miss's conversation from yesterday, and and now that that has leaked out that the the officials, the the, the powers that be in Ole Miss, excuse me, Mississippi State. Let me retract that. Mississippi State, because Ole Miss does have a coach. Uh, Mississippi State's uh, powers that be have gone down, by the way, to uh, to Key West, Florida, where Mike Leach has a home. And they have sat down with him. They had have conversations. If you go to our Twitter page, at SO Sports Central, you'll see it there because I tweeted it out on mine, and I retweeted it on our, on, on our Twitter page there. But, uh, guys, look, if you would like to come on board as a sponsor, we'd love to have you, okay? Just follow us up. Oh, yeah, do what uh, you need to do. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing for us. And if you want us in your market, you would love to see us regularly at 7 to 9 in the morning. We're, we could do that. We don't have a problem with that. We just need to make that our, our main filter, what we do 9 to 5. That needs to be our main, our main deal. So call your local provider. Call the CBS, the ESPN, the Fox. Or like here in Charleston, we're, we're, we're kind of isolated. We have Fox and ESPN in the same studio, right? So, uh, or at least in the same building, if you will, not the same studio, same building. Uh, so for us, you know, we would love to be a part of Fox. We don't have to be on the four-letter network. It doesn't matter to me. I, I can be on the three, the one, the two. It doesn't matter, man. As long as I'm in the end zone, I'm in the end zone, brother. Touchdown's a touchdown. So we just need a chance. We need a chance to, to – and, again, we love Blog Talk Radio because it lets us do it the way we want to do it, how we want to do it. But we don't mind doing it their way. We just need that shot. So keep pushing, keep plugging, keep calling, nag them, get into them. Let them know, hey, look, two dudes get up early. They bring us five-star radio. They don't talk about all the other nonsense and some of the other stuff. So keep doing what you're doing. I want to say this. We'll have a great day, guys. If I don't get back in, i probably get in maybe one more time before the end of the show. But just in case I don't, uh, enjoy today. It's Thursday. Right, you're at the first week of the new year. If you started going to the gym, keep going to the gym. If you, keep to, you know, I'm gonna check in with you guys. Make sure that you are staying true to whatever you said at the beginning of the year you were gonna do, and just do it every day. All right, guys, have a good day. Thanks, Will. Enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yes, sir. That's uh, Richie Altman for you, everybody. Preaching, uh, preaching some word. 
uh, to us this morning. Yes, uh, the, all all the things that he he has said, we are we are thankful for the things that we are striving to do to to get done and um and, and continue to uh, support us. And we're we're so thankful for you guys. And uh, also, you know, not not to mention that the sponsors that we have that uh, that continue to um, you know, give, give, giving us a chance to be on air. Uh, you know, the, the ones Garen's pharmacy, uh, Matt's burgers, the fan zone, uh, is a new one. Uh, the tent farm who, who's been, uh, supporting us, uh, I think from day one, uh, and, and just a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these other sponsors that, uh, that we would like, uh, for you, for you to be a part of, of what we're doing here. And if you, if you like what you hear, and and you would like to be a part of it and, and getting your name out because uh, it, it is it is a lot bigger uh, than than what we think it is because you have uh, if you have the for example the coach from San Diego uh, he he may have you know five five people listening to uh, to him because he says he puts it out on Twitter it's like going live with Southern Sports Central and then posts the link and and that's the beauty about internet radio is that all it takes is a link uh, to to get to the page. Uh, from from where you were before, uh, and and the avenues that you take, in order to get to uh, the way where you listen to, um, and so so once again thanks to thanks to everyone that that listens to the show on a normal basis. Thank you to those that get, that continue to support us both on and off the air. Uh, that continue to just uh, you know pour pour into us uh, as we uh, just continue to pour out to you, uh, the listeners, and, and for that. Again, just thank you so much. Uh, and I uh, speaking on Richie's behalf, it's just a huge thank you all around to uh, you know players, coaches, um, commentators, sports writers, everybody, everybody in this business that that gives us a um, that gives us a ring every once in a while and uh, and and talks on the show about the about these different things and uh, the objective that we are of course trying to do each and every day, uh, day in and day out is, is support. Uh, is supporting the athlete uh, from from start to finish, from from the time that he wakes up to the time that he uh, goes to sleep and does it all over again. Um, like the the athlete who is um, playing more than just it, it's more than just a sport, and, and that's a value that I've learned. That's a value that Richie has uh, taught me. That he's uh, taught a lot of people. I think that he's also uh, taught us uh, uh, taught us all. If you've been listening for a long time and been uh, been it, in it with him since day one, uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick time out here as it is approaching the top of the hour. Uh, time is 6:46 right now. Uh, we again taking a quick break and to kind of regroup. Uh, still some more, uh, still some more on the Jake Fromm subject and, and some more to dive into. Uh, hour number two, going to dive into the uh, the NFL uh, jobs and stuff that that have happened that changed. So with all that being said. A quick timeout here, and we will be right back. This is Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio, and good morning to everyone if you're just doing, tuning in. Your 
Welcome back in here to Southern Sports Central, uh, brought to you by the Fan Zone, uh, one of the one of the many sponsors again that I mentioned uh, before the break. Uh, the Fan Zone, located at 1570 International Boulevard, you need two suites in order to be able to check out all of the memorabilia that they have. Um, it's just so much that they have, man. It's awesome down there. Um, you know, be sure to be sure to check them out. Also at www.thefanzoneshop.com, they have yeah, they have your NFL, they have your NBA, your MLB, the NCAA, um, anything that you have. And um, and the person that you want to look for is uh, Luke Flood. And tell him that the uh, boys at Southern Sports Central sent you. So before the break, kind of talking about, um, went on a tangent. If you're just joining us, good morning. Uh, time is 6:50, about 10 minutes until until the top of the hour. And um, one of the one of the many things that we talked about was uh, just kind of the the um, the forward motion that we that we're trying to take here at uh, Southern Sports Central, and and the direction that uh, Richie and, and myself that we're we're trying to take this um, we're trying to take this programming uh, elsewhere, and just the the direction that we're taking it. So uh, for all of those that are have been supporting us again, thank you so much for what you do, uh, and thank you for uh, your continued support. The, before that, the the conversation was about uh, Jake Fromm and his choice to of course, to transfer, uh, or not to transfer, but uh, declare for the draft. And that's something that he was, uh, uh, a question in his mind that he was considering uh, about doing, that he, he had questions about, um, he had questions about himself, really, 
and in regards to that and just you know was that the was that going to be the right decision you know i think he was waiting uh, uh to kind of continue this oh uh as as richie is uh no longer with us now he is uh, uh of course going going on to to do some uh to do some great things and continuing to uh, expand this uh, this uh, this brand that is Southern Sports Central. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get the right words uh, uh, to speak my mind. But you know, with Georgia, yeah, there there has been no uh, problem with them recruiting quarterbacks. But it is a matter of what their quarterback can be able to do, or which quarterback they end up uh, getting. Because after all, it is. It is very tough, and it is a very tough um, division uh, up and coming that that Georgia is going to have to face. Uh, they they handily uh, beat uh, they handily crushed Florida. They beat Florida. Uh, fair to say that that's not easily going to be the case next year because Florida uh, and Dan Mullen's program, what he's been able to do for the past year or two, is that he has built now a, a, a new winning culture in Gainesville. And uh, with all like with all of that uh, encapsulated, you know he is uh, Jake Fromm anyway. He is uh, he is a very talented uh, quarterback, and if he were to come back, I think he could still be a game changer. There's some things that he could possibly he would possibly uh, uh, still have to learn. Um, you know why why would Fromm uh, consider uh, leaving after a down year? Uh, and, and you know Richie argued that it's not so much a down year. Uh, just just because you know Georgia's uh, Georgia was on up there, they only lost one game in the regular season, um, and then they lose in the SEC championship game. They only have two losses on the season, uh, you know. With and with all of that, you know, why why would it be saying it being a down year? Well, uh, to that I say, and and you know, I, I think I'm kind of uh, tugging at his heartstrings because it, I I try not to bash uh, stats and continue to pack them into uh, without any context, but. The stat, like the, the numbers offensively, the numbers from last year compared to this year have been slightly down. Um, that's that's on account of that's on account of the run game uh, that that was uh, the the dyna- dynamic duo. Sony Michelle, that's who I was thinking of yesterday. If you were listening, I was uh, struggling yesterday to find out the the New England Patriots uh, running back. It's Sony Michelle, uh, the dynamic duo of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle uh, for the, from their days at Georgia. Of course, that was two years ago, uh, but nonetheless, they, they did they did struggle with uh, finding their, their identity in, in the run game. DeAndre Swift, fantastic running back. Uh, he's going to be on up there somewhere in the top three of the running backs uh, uh, coming out of this class. Uh, and you mentioned, uh, and as I mentioned all of that, the down year is that there are a lot of passes um, that um, Jake Fromm missed, missing open receivers or overthrowing them, underthrowing them. Um, some of the interceptions and the coverage that, that he's just happened to throw to uh, defenders. But, you know, would he not be better served uh, coming back from trying to leave uh, a better impression uh, on NFL executives or, or just on, on the college level uh, for that matter? That, that would be the argument. Um, but, again, there's no guarantee that 2020 would have been better. Now, uh, if Fromm were to stay, again, you consider what Fromm – was set to lose after the season. He would be set to lose Andrew Thomas, uh, the left tackle who has been uh, with him his entire career and is set to be uh, a very high first-round pick, uh, possibly also his right tackle in, in Isaiah Wilson. Uh, the top two tailbacks, the two-time 1,000-yard rusher DeAndre Swift and versatile senior uh, Brian Heron. 
And then receiver Lawrence Kager, his favorite target when healthy um, this past season, and his top two tight ends, including um, Charlie Wohner and perhaps Fromm's best friend uh, on the team. That That is Jake Fromm's best friend on his on that team. And this, this really hasn't been the, the most fun season from, uh, from Jake Fromm. And he, and he would tell you that. Um, you know, he doesn't betray much publicly. Um, and even behind the scenes, the word is that he uh, remained a, a positive and upbeat leader. But if he looked around and, and wonders where uh, he, what he wants to risk going through all this again, uh, like, could you blame him? And, and by no stretch of the imagination is that, am I saying that the season for Georgia was a wash because they, they had success. They won a bowl game. They won their bowl game. And they went, they went 11-2 and two this, this season. Um, and, you know, with, with all of that being said, uh, they are probably 12-2, and two, if, if I'm not mistaken. They won, uh, they won two games. No, they, they did go 11-2. and two. Um, but with, with all of that being said, their game and what, and what they had to do, what they had to accomplish was, was going to be, was going to be the toughest test. If, if they were going to take down an LSU, um, that was going to be their, their spot earning, punching their ticket into, uh, the national championship, uh, conversation into the college football playoff, uh, semifinal now, and now just, just all of this, the question from Fromm and his family were, were probably um, probably trying to answer now uh, is how much this season uh, affected the view of NFL people. He was always going to be one of the more, more polarizing quarterback prospects, your view, depending on how much you value intangibles versus raw measurables. And now that will be exacerbated because he's not going uh, to, he's not going to play it again. Uh, at the college level, he's going. He's going into the draft. Uh, Jake Fromm, the quarterback from from Georgia. If you're just tuning in, uh, that was the conversation that we were talking about this morning uh, with Richie. And and you know the 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 next year that has to be a calculation as well. Uh, and it has been in his decision. The 21, 2021 class will most likely include Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and others. Uh, and, and so there are no guarantees. Uh, to, uh, for next year either and now he, he might be the fifth quarterback drafted if he comes out in this class and that's that is projected but he could be an enormous positive if it means that he is drafted by a playoff team outside the top 20 uh, on the flip side he could return to school uh, and improve his draft grade only to be drafted into a worse situation so uh, we, we can understand that that all the angles uh, could have been considered uh, for a decision of this magnitude but the number one question from needed to ask himself um, what is my draft is not what is my draft grade, but it, whether or not he is ready. Would another year of college experience make him a better quarterback? Uh, is Georgia currently set up so that he will get considerably better next year, or have I learned all that I can from this coaching staff? Like that, that's the question that From would ask himself, and and that's probably a question that he did ask himself: is that um, it, did he learn everything that he could? Because I mentioned it before, the NFL is not a developmental league, and so it is certainly beneficial to put yourself in the best position possible for a long-term career. Now, being drafted higher is great, but that second contract should be the goal if you are an aspiring quarterback entering the NFL draft. And there's no clear-cut choice. These are all considerations that from what's going through. And then he makes the decision – yesterday on social media 
finally putting an end to the speculation so, so that Georgia and Georgia's fans also uh, can be able to look at it this way and say, hey, he brought a great three years, four years to the program. He, he took us to a national championship game, took us to three straight uh, SEC, SEC title games. I think one, uh, one or two of them, uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he brought success to Athens. And that's all that matters. He, he is a Georgia boy. He is from the state of Georgia. He will always be from the state of Georgia. Um, with all of that being said, we're going to take a quick time out here, a commercial break with uh, uh, the voice from, uh, from one of our sponsors, the Tent Farm. Uh, and then our number two, going to transition into more of this conversation, either uh, still sticking on the NCAA side or, or moving into the NFL with the, the coaching hires and, and whatnot. So with that being said, a quick time out here. You are listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tents. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. And welcome back in here, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number one is done. Hour number two is coming to you right now on Southern Sports Central, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Time is 7.02. And if you're just joining us now for the second, for the second hour of the show, to that I say, good morning. How are you doing? How is the new year treating you? Because, man, it is, it is a, quite, the, quite the year, uh, quite the decade already <laughs> uh, for the eight, uh, nine short days that have been um, here here for us and so just glad to see another day uh and i'm sure that you are as well uh on the ninth day of uh january in this new decade uh of the 20s once again um and it is 2020 so uh it, if you were just joining us again welcome in uh the first hour of the show uh richie richie of course was here uh with me in the studio and i uh, was talking was talking so much about uh well the question was initially about Jake Fromm and, and his decision to, to leave and whether or not that he should have stayed and just kind of do it, doing that speculation. And then uh, Richie went into talking about the direction of which this, uh, this network, this program, uh, Southern Sports Central, where it's going to go. Uh, and just to kind of give you an update, uh, uh, once again, we're going to uh, come at you next week starting on Monday. We're not going to do it. We're not going to start it tomorrow. We're not going to start it. Um, we're not going to start it on Friday. We're going to start it on a fresh new week on Monday starting at 6 o'clock p.m., not a.m. It's still going to be a 6 to 8 tab, but it's going to be 6 o'clock 
p.m. So on your drive home or whether or not you're, you know, you're cooking dinner or, or what it is that you're doing. But uh, that is going to be the showtime uh, for us coming up and uh, just going to continue to give you another uh, more five-star quality shows uh, and giving you guests uh, to, to listen to and, and their insights, their input into the topics that are, are surrounding uh, whatever it is that we are, uh, that we are covering. And uh, again, as the, the, the college football season is, is winding down, the last game is, is Monday night, it's the championship game. Uh, high school is kind of wrapped up in a nutshell. You still have recruiting from, from seniors and, and those that are going, going to the next level. But then you have, uh, you have the rest of them, um, uh, the, the other sports. Basketball is uh, live and well right now. Baseball is going to be kicking up soon. Uh, and it's, it's just a matter of, uh, it's just a matter of uh, what, can we, what can we be able to bring you. Well, that would give us more time um, and, give, and give us a, a, better, a better flexibility in order to continue to give you a, a five-star quality show uh, right here on, on Southern Sports Central. So uh, the conversation, of course, was Jake Fromm entering the NFL draft and was it the best, um, and was it the best move. A lot, of, a lot of people did not expect um, Jake Fromm to, to enter the, the NFL draft, you know, cause he, he is, uh, uh, still, you know, again, he is still, uh, one of those, he's not really the one to stick out to anybody, um, as, as of yet, because it is such a packed class. You have a, you have a Tua, you have a Burrow, you have a, um, Justin Herbert out there in Oregon. Um, and you have, uh, Jalen Hurts who's going in and entering the draft. I, I would, I would believe uh, and, and just all of those, just all of those things that are are um, big, big names. Speaking of big names, just kind of uh, sticking with the, the state of Georgia, um, the sophomore offensive lineman, uh, uh, Cade Mays, he has entered the, the transfer portal and plans to transfer to Tennessee. So Rocky Top getting some more some more love from the, the transfer portal and those that are uh, around them. Uh, he played all 14 games for the Bulldogs this past season. Um, and he's a native of Knoxville. His younger brother, Cooper, signed with the Volunteers during the early signing period. Excuse me, back in November. And now under SEC uh, and NCAA transfer rules, Cade Mays, he would have to sit out the 2020 season. Um, now, now their father, Kevin, was an all-SEC guard and offensive captain for the Volunteers in 1994. Uh, and, and attorney... Uh, uh, Thomas, uh, yes, Thomas Mars. He represented quarterback Shea Patterson when he transferred from Ole Miss to Michigan, and Justin Fields when he went from Georgia to Ohio State. He's been hired by Mays and his family, uh, and he's expected to appeal to the NCAA for immediate eligibility to play for the Volunteers in 2020. Um, and th- and this is something that is, uh, of course, very intricately woven. Uh, if you enter the transfer portal, um, you know, according to an athens Clark County State Court records. Uh, Mace's parents sued the University of Georgia System Board of Regents, the Georgia Athletic Association, and others after Kevin Mace's right pinky finger was amputated because of an accident involving a folding chair at the Bulldogs team gala in December 2017. Now, Cade Mays, um, then, then a senior at Knoxville Catholic High School, was on a recruiting visit to UGA. Uh, and according to the complaint for damages filed on December 5th, 2019, uh, this is a quote here, Planet, plaintiff Kevin Mays's right pinky finger was partially amputated uh, as the subject folding chair wedged against the column. His, his severed finger shot across the floor. UGA offensive line coach Sam Pittman, now head coach at Arkansas, picked up plant- plaintiff Kevin Mays' severed finger from the floor and it was put on ice. 
and, and the complaint said Kevin Mays was transported to Piedmont Athens Regional Hospital, uh, where he was diagnosed with partial amputation and fracture. The, the complaint said he is right-handed. Um, uh, and, and the complaint said at the emergency room, his pain level on a scale of 1 to 10 was a 10. Um, now, Cade, uh, Cade Mays played every offensive line position for Georgia uh, this past season, uh, including six starts at right guard, two at right tackle, two at left guard, and one at left tackle. Uh, and he played in 11 of 14 games as a freshman and was named to the coach's freshman all-SEC team in 2018. And now ESPN recruiting ranks Mays as the number 25 prospect nationally, number three offensive tackle, and number one player in Tennessee during his senior season at Knoxville Catholic High School in 2017. The Bulldogs will bring back only one starting offensive lineman in 2020. That is sophomore uh, center Trey Hill. Uh, you have Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson, as I mentioned before, the offensive tackles. Um, one's a projected first-round pick, uh, and Isaiah Wilson himself, as well as guard Solomon Kindley. And they earlier announced that they were entering uh, the NFL draft. And also, uh, the and you remember uh, Zachary Evans that I mentioned, uh, that he is out of his uh, Georgia commitment. Uh, he was scheduled to announce his decision on January 2nd uh, at the Under Armour All-America game. Uh, but he did not end up giving his verbal pledge. Now, the six foot, 200-pound running back, he did apologize during the game's broadcast for an incident with his high school coaches that got him sent home um, before his high school team's uh, state championship game. And because he was released from his SEC financial aid agreement, uh, Evans is no longer subject to SEC bylaw rules, which states that a, a student athlete who has signed an SEC financial aid agreement will, uh, with a member institution, but does not enter that institution shall not be eligible to receive a scholarship during the student athletes first two years in residence um, at the second SEC institution. Evans has been granted uh, full release and is expected that LSU and Texas A&M will be in consideration as his next decision. Um, and, and of course this was a uh, breaking news from 24 uh, seven sports. They first reported that Evans was released from his uh, letter of, of intent. And uh, th this guy is the number one ranked running back, uh, number seven ranked prospect overall uh, from, from seven to seven to uh, top ten, somewhere around there. He's out of North Shore High School in Houston, Texas. Uh, and um, Evans, he, he signed his national level intent with Georgia in the early signing period, but he never publicly announced the commitment. Um, and so, again, it, it just kind of it, it, it's kind of prompting the, the rumor uh, that that Richie brought up that that's surrounding Athens and and the violations if there are any uh, possible violations that they um, that they had it, there in in Athens and so with all of that um, you know you you can't help but scratch your head and kind of kind of turn it sideways because it is it is questionable uh, about all these uh, this news coming out of Georgia whether or not um, you know it was, it was speculated is Jake Fromm going to leave or is he going to stay. Uh, and a lot of people were favoring, you know, he hasn't announced it yet, so so maybe he's going to stay. And he has, uh, he had about, you know, two weeks. Uh, I think next Monday is the last day, or if not, it's going to be the Monday after. Um, I, I got to check back and um, make sure to give give you, the listener, the right information that, that I am uh, uh, saying over the air. But uh, as, as you're looking ahead, and this gives teams and coaches programs well, um, a lot more time well in advance to uh, begin to, um, you know, make these calls, make these decisions. Um, 
because they can they can better prepare for uh, what is to come next uh, next season. Um, and it was 12 and two, by the way, the the record that Georgia had uh, on on their season, uh, winning uh, winning their games uh, pretty pretty handily, uh, if you will. The the losses were were kind of tough. Um, you know, I definitely know that the loss against South Carolina was tough for them in, in Athens between between the hedges, but. But no matter to that, it, it is uh, it is to mention it and to continue to um, talk about. And speaking of talk about, if you want to talk to us uh, here on the show, you, be sure to call in because uh, we, we have some great fun on the show, a lot of uh, conversations that we have, uh, and, and a lot of positives. So the number to call in, of course, is 323-784-9681. Once again, 323-784-9681. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out here and uh, to get regrouped, kind of transition into the, the NFL news. We've got the coaching hires that, that have happened. Um, ESPN ranked them, and I, I want to uh, kind of dive into that and, uh, and to, to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, and again, if, there is, if there's any conversation uh, topic that you want to talk about, uh, you know, feel free to mention it, and we will, um, you know, we will put a, a stamp on the conversation that we're talking about. Uh, table it for another time. Uh, just anything, anything that is out there uh, for you uh, that you want to to dive into and, and to um, and to have a have a great conversation with. Uh, be you know be sure to join us. You know each and every day that we try to that we continue to give you uh, the best coverage uh, that there that there possibly is out there in a morning show, and uh, we continue to do that uh, each and every day. So. Uh, quick time out here. You are listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio uh, on this Thursday morning. Uh, if, you, if you've been with us this long, uh, thank you so much. And once again, we, we cannot do it without your uh, love and support and, and continued support for, uh, for us and what we do here uh, on and off the air. Uh, and you can, you can follow us with that progress on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Uh, we're, we're really active on Twitter at SO Sports Central. Uh, and we continue to, again, give you great uh, five-star quality coverage uh, across the sports spectrum from high school to college. That really is our, our scope of things. We're kind of broadening the scope now because uh, NFL is still going on and, and a lot of stuff has happened there. Um, plus me being, uh, me personally being an NFL guy and being able to talk about these topics um, and we'll dive into those. Uh, right now, uh, shortly after this break. So quick time out here, and uh, you're listening to Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Got a little southern drawl in my talk, a little bigger truck on my highway. Got a little boot stomping my wall, a little neon light in my Friday. Raise a cup of baby with me. I was raised on the world. Raised on the world. Got my honky-tonk out of Every breakup and every party It's 
the soundtrack to my life. It runs deep in my DNA. I was raised on Uh, first and, and brand new uh, coaching job, his head coaching job, uh, first time ever. 
uh, in the NFL. And then also, um, I think it's uh, surrounding, uh, I think it's also uh, fair to say the, the Carolina Panthers. I was trying to think of that. That was Ron Rivera's job before he uh, retired on in Washington. But he was fired uh, middle of the season um, as well. And he is now replaced by uh, Matt Rule. And that news came down on Tuesday. Uh, we reported it to you here on Wednesday on Wednesday's show. And uh, now, now it is time to really uh, dive into and, and grade these uh, coaching hires by uh, was it the best move or, or was it the worst move uh, possibly that, that they could make? Because th- there is a lot of questions. There's a lot of concerns about these, uh, about these teams because each team has, has its own needs. Uh, each team has its own uh, um, has its own talent in different um, you know in different divisions. They they require some different. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's a different style of play, but a different way of playing because um, I, I think the first things first is that it's very hard to win. It's very hard to win a football game. But it's like as long as you win, uh, as long as you win games, you're good. You're set. Uh, if if it's a struggle that you that you hit a snag and lose games or or however you look at that, um, that's the real question. And and you also take a look at those that are around your division. And if you if you're not in the first of your division, well then you have to take a look at the wild card and who is going to um, who's going to end up prevailing as a first or second uh, wild card spot. And that and if you're a wild card, then that means that you go on the road all throughout the playoffs up until the Super Bowl, if you get that far. Um, and, and it's been proven kind of, it's been kind of proven in the playoffs. I, I don't have exact numbers ahead of me, but the speculation is that if you have home field advantage, normally you take home, um, you take home a win uh, and then you move on to next week, surviving, survive in advance, if you will. Uh, not the, not the same, um, not the same aspect as football itself in a way, but it is, you know, nonetheless, they survive in advance uh, type mentality when you are in the playoffs. And, it, and it's a great uh, it's a great system uh, that the NFL ha- has done. And of course, uh, and the question has been it's been effective. We've uh, the, the, these wild card games that we saw this this past weekend, spectacular games. I, I, I absolutely loved uh, each minute, uh, every minute that the um Every minute that football was on, you, you, there was something. There was something new, something extra, something um, just something that was absolutely outstanding. Whether or not it was a play, or if it was a player, or what have you. Um, but nonetheless, I, I, I shall get into these uh, coaching hires. The first one I, I think should be announced was uh, the 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 very first one uh, for Coach Ron Rivera. Uh, Ron Rivera, a proven guy all across the board. He led his team. Uh, back in 2015 to a, a Super Bowl uh, where they eventually fell to the Broncos in, in, in distraught fashion. And the way that, uh, I think that the way that they lost too was uh, something that um, I think a lot of us, um, you know, in the media, but also, you know, fans, because we are in, we are in the Carolinas, this is South Carolina. So most people, they have their team, the Carolina Panthers. Others could be the Atlanta Falcons in, in the same, uh, in the same division, in the same part of the country. Um, but the downfall that, that they had, and ever since then, it, it, you know, you kind of hit it. They've kind of hit a snag uh, with the Carolina Panthers. That, that was their best chance to go out and, and win a Super Bowl, and, and unfortunately they could not in Super Bowl 50 there um, back in 2015. So now this, this game in particular, um, in the, the game that is played in, in Carolina, um, 
but it was it was in Ron Rivera's uh, system, and it was in it was in his wheelhouse. And what he was able to do with it, you know, great again, great things that he was able to do with them. Uh, but you know, the uh, it was the four coaches in in this uh, 2020 head coaching carousel, which isn't you know it isn't much, uh, but it is enough to uh, to talk about. And so uh, the the coaches firings and the coaches hirings and the coach openings that are still um, that are still left. So I mentioned Ron Rivera. Um, they add Ron, uh, Ron Rivera to the Washington Redskins. The Dallas Cowboys, they chose Mike McCarthy. Um, uh, the Carolina Panthers, they, they kind of poached Matt Rule because he, he, was, he was in one job and then he goes to another because he was offered it um, uh, from the collegiate ranks. And then the New York Giants finalizing a deal with Joe Judge, and, and that's going to be uh, possibly finished by the end of this week. Um, that still leaves uh, one open uh, head coaching job uh, with the Cleveland Browns continuing to interview uh, their candidates. So uh, the New York Giants, they hire Joe Judge. Uh, this is the most recent one that was announced. Uh, eight seasons as an assistant for the New England Patriots. Uh, as a special teams assistant or coordinator from 2012 to 2019, wide receivers coach in 2019. Uh, three seasons as an assistant at Alabama, a special teams coach from 2009 to 2011. Um, so Jeremy Fowler, uh, the, the, the question was, uh, you know, is, is how good of a hire is this? And he says, hey, maybe Judge is the next John Harbaugh, a, a special teams coach who is uh, great at game week planning and, and bringing people together. His reputation is good, but it feels like the Giants fumbled here just a little bit. Matt Rule was a natural fit in New York. Uh, he's from there, coach. He's from he's from there. He's coached there. He wanted to be there, uh, and and they probably could have uh, closed this deal. And and the Giants need two things: someone who can maximize Daniel Jones's potential and fixing the defense. Uh, Judge doesn't have extensive experience on either side. Dan Graziano, he he kind of also said the same thing. He said, "I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just travel weary, or sleep deprived, or both. But uh, I like this move." Uh, Judge has coached under Bill Belichick for nine years and Nick Saban for three years before that. He has pedigree. I know from talking to people in the Giants organization the last couple of weeks that they were especially enamored with the job former Belichick assistant Brian Flores did in Miami this year with nothing. And so I wasn't surprised when Judge showed up on their radar. I expect them to look for some uh, coordinators who have head coaching experience, though. Wade Phillips, anyone? And, and so... Um, and so this is kind of a back and forth conversation of, of this uh, reaction. Um, and so great. So giving the, the grading judge uh, to New York, uh, Dan Graziano says B. As I said, I like the move. Um, but as with Matt Rule, uh, uh, can't go up uh, to the A range for a guy who has never done the job before. Full credit to the Giants, though, uh, for going outside the box and going outside of their comfort zone. Uh, and, and then for um, Fowler. He said a C plus. I'm open to being wrong here, and, and it's hard to knock the Giants for avoiding groupthink. His, his special teams units have been awesome, uh, and I just liked other candidates in this spot. Rule being one, uh, Eric Benimi another, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Um, you know, the, the uh, green with the pedigree, but you know, it's been a mixed bag. Uh, for, you know, for every Flores, there is a Matt Patricia or a Josh Daniels, uh, and and not the modern version, but the one who uh, thought trading up. Uh, for Tim Tebow was a sound football move. Uh, you can argue Belichick should, should groom his assistants better. Yeah, yeah, Phillips would be uh, good for the short term, but, but Judge would need an exit strategy. Uh, and on offense, 
Jason Garrett is a uh, capable play caller if he gets the job, and which I'm assuming that they are in talks about that right now. He is not the sexiest pick for uh, an offensive coordinator, but I, I, I'd expect him to empathize play action uh, with Jones and to get him on the move. Like, like and, that, and that's strictly coming from, from a football standpoint. Um, and Jones is really the key to the whole thing. Now, whether or not they, they hired a coach along with a holdover, um, <laughs> holdover general manager, Dave Gettleman, um, the, the, whoever they hired as a coach was always going to rise and fall with the success or failure of, of Daniel Jones. If he's a franchise quarterback, they will last and, and maybe even thrive. Uh, if not, they'll all get fired in a few years and the team will start over. Uh, it's a way of the word. Judge's job will be uh, to create a culture in which the entire roster can grow and thrive, but Jones in particular. Now, whether it's a Garrett or someone else, whoever the choice is for offensive coordinator has to be able to uh, click with Jones and iron out those fumbles. Uh, that's, I think that's the big thing for them. Um, the, the second latest one is, is the Carolina Panthers. They hired Matt Rule. Uh, Matt Rule's background is three seasons as Baylor coach, a 19-20 and 20 record from 2017 to 2019. Uh, that's below 500, but consider, consider what he has done for the, for the Baylor Bears. Uh, four seasons as Temple's head coach, 28-23 and 23, uh, from 2013 to 2016, and a one season as an assistant offensive line coach for the New York Giants back in 2012. That, that is where, that is where the, um, you know, the, the, where he's from, that would have been a better fit for, for Giants fandom because he worked for them back in, uh, back in the early uh, 2010s. But Dan Graziano said that this is a bit of, su- of a surprise since it was starting to sound as if Rule and the Giants had a lot of mutual interest. But this was the guy on whom Carolina owner David Tepper had his eye on from the beginning, and he gets his man. Uh, when you talk people around the league, the term they used for uh, why they like Rule is, quote, program builder, uh, referring to the work he did at Temple and Baylor to resurrect programs there. Carolina's program is fairly well built. Um, and, we, and we can consider that it is very well, well built, um, though obviously with some uncertainty at quarterback and the uncertain future of Cam Newton. But Rule's leadership credentials seem solid. I guess the question is how they transfer from college to the NFL, right? Um, and so, yeah, that, that, is the big, um, that is the big question. Jeremy Fowler um, talks about, uh, you know, uh, talking about this is, that is a mild concern. Um, and in coaching cycle that, that prioritized NFL experience from the start, uh, Rule, Matt Rule has had uh, at least one year of that. And as the Giants' assistant offensive line coach in 2012, and his staff will be crucial. Uh, but he's everything else the Panthers wanted, a relatively young coach who rose up the ranks quickly and can problem solve. Uh, but can he win now with this roster? Can he be able to dissect the pieces? And the big question also uh, was the question of whether or not that he would he would utilize Cam Newton. That that's another um, that's another question to get into. We do have a caller, by the way, uh, coming from uh, the Matsburgers Hotlines. Uh, a caller here, uh, and to that, and to that, I say top of the morning to you. Who is this? Hey Richie, it's Matt Sim. How you doing, buddy? Hey, uh, this is Will Porter actually, but uh, I'm filling in for Richie. Hey, hey Matt, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um, we're getting excited for the uh, LSU Clemson game down here, so calling in to talk about that. Give you uh, and, uh, 
give some listeners some insight about uh, what are, what's happening down here. Anybody interested? What's happening on the LSU prep before the big game Monday night? Oh yes, sir. So uh, Clemson LSU. This is the national championship game that's going to be. Uh, showcased on ESPN Monday night, 8 o'clock uh, kickoff, and it is going to be at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the talk really is uh, surrounding, you know, whether or not this is going to be a challenge for Clemson just because, you know, the Bayou Bengals, they, they are very close uh, to uh, Baton Rouge from, from New Orleans. It's essentially going to like, kind of be a home game for, uh, for the LSU Tigers, but uh, it's a question of can the other Tigers come in and be able to, uh, disrupt that atmosphere, as, as I, I would imagine that it's going to be uh, loud. And, of course, you, Matt, you are, you are there on the front lines. You are there reporting it. Uh, so t- uh, tell us what's going on. Uh, what's, all the, what's all the buzz about? I, I think that Media Day has already uh, happened uh, for, for both, the, both of these teams, uh, and the conversations there ha- have uh, capped up. But uh, you're, you're right there in the action. Tell us all about it. Well, every every national championship LSU has ever won, they've won in New Orleans. Um, and uh, for those who don't know, historically, LSU's first national championship uh, came against Clemson when they beat uh, Clemson 7 to nothing in the Sugar Bowl, which also is the largest margin of victory for any of LSU's wins over Clemson. So, yeah, they, these teams have only met three times, and seven points is the largest margin of victory. So it tells you how historically, even though they don't get together and, and uh, tangle very much, when they do, they're usually pretty close games. Um, and you know, because of the proximity to Baton Rouge, you do have to look at it as a de facto home game for LSU. So I, I would imagine the crowd would be probably somewhere around 60-40 LSU to Clemson. Um, you know, one, Clemson has a guaranteed allotment that they can sell, and, I'm, and I know they've sold sold out their tickets. And there's certainly been there, – there's certainly Clemson fans who are going to buy uh, their tickets on the secondary market, just the same as LSU fans. Um, so I don't think this is going to be like them walking into a, a Tiger Stadium south by any means. Um, but – uh, there, there's no doubt it will be it, there will be more purple and gold there than there will be uh, purple and orange. Um, so Clemson's going to have to overcome that a little bit. Uh, but um, you know, the, for people down here, down here, this is a uh, you know they look at this game and this is probably going this uh, this is going to be the best team LSU faced all season. Um, and you know, they went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama, but the way they moved the ball against Alabama really helped to highlight the issues that Alabama had on defense. And yeah, I think everybody feels that Clemson's much more sound defensively. They weren't battling the types of injuries on, on defense that Alabama was during that game. And really, there's only been one team that has slowed down LSU's offense all year long. And coincidentally, that was another team named the Tigers, the Auburn Tigers. Um, back in uh, late October, but you know, that game, uh, the part of that game that people don't uh, seem to uh, get lost on is that it, it absolutely stormed and poured down rain uh, all night, Friday night and Saturday morning before that 2.30 kickoff between LSU and Auburn. So, even, so by the time the game kicked off, the rain had stopped, but they were playing on an absolute uh, swamp. I mean, that field was just very wet, muddy, 
it drains a lot better than it used to, but it still holds water pretty well. And so uh, the muddy field conditions combined with just some uh, bad play calling, bad play execution, a couple of missed fourth downs, and a couple of bad interceptions, um, I think really made the game a lot closer than it really should have been. Uh, I think if that game had been played on a clean field or you play it in a, a dome stadium like this game's going to be played here, I don't think Auburn would have held, would have been within three points of LSU. So, um, you know, uh, it's definitely, people definitely have to sit, going to be the best team that LSU's played all season. And Clemson deserves all the respect for that. I mean, they've won now 29 games in a row, defending national champion. They have, they have conquered um, every challenger that they faced the last two years, and they deserve all the respect in the world. Yeah, live right now with Matt Sims. He's there live in uh, Louisiana, uh, down in New Orleans, uh, covering this uh, the national championship game that is to come. Once again, uh, it is kicking off eight o'clock uh, this coming Monday on ESPN. It's uh, going to be uh, the which which Death Valley is which, uh, which Tiger is best, and um, and you're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of the the conversation has been on, on both of these offenses producing uh, producing great numbers and uh, and. Uh, two stellar quarterbacks, one who is, um, you know, a consensus number one overall draft pick in Joe Burrow uh, coming into the draft uh, uh, this year uh, after this game. I, I, I do believe he's going to declare uh, a, as well as others. And then uh, Trevor Lawrence, who uh, is, is, is expected to be number one uh, for next year's draft as he is only a, a sophomore. Uh, and he was, a, he was at this stage um, last year as, as a true freshman and, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and I want to talk about that that Clemson offense because uh, they they have talent on on that side, and it, and I think as you saw in in the Ohio State game, it was a matter of of keeping uh, receiver. I think it was T Higgins, and whether or not that he was healthy because that that dude is a playmaker, and he is and he is one of those that is is capable of of changing the game uh, on a dime, if you will, and, and the connection that he has with with Trevor Lawrence there, so. Uh, just talking about the Clemson's offense in particular, do you think that it's the, the strength of the offense uh, when they're healthy and, uh, and kind of, you know, what's the, what's the insight there as far as what they, what can they do? Um, because, you know, you, you can only rely on ETN so much on the ground and, and this is, this is clearly going to be a game uh, played through the air. Uh, but your thoughts on Clemson's offense uh, going up against a, a team like LSU and, and having to put points on the board, uh, the same way that LSU does, in order to keep up with them? Well, uh, first thing uh, I'll say is that uh, Burrow's Burrow's, uh, eligibility is exhausted, so he's absolutely going pro after this game. The real question is going to be, well, and Cincinnati completes this Cinderella story and goes and drafts the Ohio kid as the number one overall pick in the country uh, to come in and try to rejuvenate the franchise, which – um, I think all signs point that that's probably going to be what happens. But I think it's probably a mutiny in Cincinnati and riots if they didn't draft Joe Burrow and bring the little kid home after everything he's done this year for LSU. Um, you know, if he rejuvenated one Tiger team, you got to think he's got to go. People are going to say, well, he can come in and bring the jungle up to Cincinnati and Paul Brown Stadium and uh, rejuvenate the Bengals. So um, he's uh, he's definitely going pro after this. So. You're you're exactly right, Trevor Lawrence. Um, is, he's going to be the key point 
for LSU's focus defensively. He can beat him with both his arms and his legs. Big, tall kid, six foot six. And people forget or, or just get lost in the fact of how physically big the kid is. And uh, you know, maybe that's because they get, you know, they uh, uh, they get uh, uh, hypnotized by his long blonde hair and. And, you know, he kind of looks like a surfer dude when he takes his helmet off. But he's a he's a really big guy, and he's not easy to bring down. And so LSU's focus has been on, you know, uh, making sure that they are following techniques. Um, you know, they've got to make tackles. And they, when they make contact with him, they, they can't allow him to bounce off. And uh, as you've seen in the season, and particularly highlighted by the old Miss game, LSU has struggled against uh, quarterbacks that scramble. Now, they did much better against Oklahoma, and they, they shut Jalen Hurts down uh, and contained him very well. But uh, for all, all intents and purposes, you take Jalen Hurts out of the Oklahoma offense, I mean, that offense is probably 50% as efficient as it was. So for LSU against Oklahoma, it was simple. Just stop Hurts, and you stop their offense. It's not quite the same for Clemson because um, they do have an established running game with ATN, and ATN is going to be a very motivated guy uh, coming into New Orleans and taking on the LSU team that came in and tried to recruit him very late in the game, but by that point it was too late. He had already decided to go to Clemson because Clemson had shown him and offered him first, and LSU was the first to offer ATN's brother, uh, Trevor ATN, who's a junior for uh, Jennings High School and just led his team to the Superdome in the state championships last month, as a matter of fact. So ATN's got plenty of motivation to uh, bring his best game yet here. Uh, so LSU is well aware of that as well. But uh, if they don't, you know, I, if they can stop Lawrence, I'm not as concerned about ATN's uh, ability to break plays against them. I don't think they are either. But if they can't stop Lawrence, if they allow him to make plays, if they allow him to uh, beat them with his legs, then that's going to make the running game have that much more um, success, which then allows ATN to be able to move the ball on the ground. So, um, you know, uh, going through the air, Higgins obviously is their biggest concern. I imagine, um, you know, Grant Delpit won the – uh, you know, he won the Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in the country, but he's not the best defensive back on LSU's team. That's what's so crazy about this. Their best defensive back is actually a true freshman, a kid named Derek Staley, um, who's just shown incredible ball skills. And he's been lined up in man coverage on some of the best receivers in the country and has done very well against them. He has gotten burned on some long touchdowns this year, but just about every one of those where that occurred, it was because a play was being called in from the sideline, he was distracted, or there was a mix-up uh, on the coverage because of the play that was called in. And, uh, and so it's really hard to put those big uh, touchdown throws that, uh, that were thrown against him um, on him. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to put Stingley on him. I don't know if they're going to trust the true freshman against Higgins in the national championship game. Because LSU's going to run man coverage. There's no doubt about that. So somebody's going to be on an island one-on-one against him. Um, so I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they put Stingley out there because he's been so well, but uh, he's played so well. But I imagine they're probably going to go with somebody uh, who is a, a little bit more experienced. So I would look for number one, Christian Fulton, to be the guy lined up against Higgins 
try to shut him down. And, you know, they, they did a very nice job against C.D. Lamb in Oklahoma. Um, you know, he had the one big pa- uh, catch that led to their first touchdown in the first half, but uh, I believe he only had four catches for the whole game. So LSU did a very nice job of uh, containing him. So they're, they're certainly uh, not going to be caught off guard. They're going to show all the respect to Clemson's wide receiver threat. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of fundamental change in, in their approach to how they defend these guys. It's going to be one-on-one man coverage. And uh, you haven't watched LSU's defensive backs. I mean, this is, this is definitely one of the better sets they've had. And it, it's very surprising that that arguably the best player out of the whole lot is a true freshman kid named Derek Stingley. Get ready to hear his name or memorize it right now because you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it Monday night. He, he has been tested by a lot of teams who don't respect him as a freshman, and he's come up with some big interceptions, including in that Auburn game I mentioned a few minutes ago when they tested him down the field, and he made a huge interception when Auburn was threatening the score, um, and that kind of helped to – turn the tide and, and stop Auburn, uh, their wave of momentum in that game and help keep LSU uh, marching toward, toward the win. Live right now with Matt Sims. He, he's there on the ground in, uh, at Mercedes-Benz Superdome or, or near and around those parts in New Orleans. Uh, I agree with all of those points. I think that that scheme is really going to uh, become a factor. I think especially with uh, LSU, I would imagine that they would have a quarterback spy somewhere, uh, uh, one of the linebackers being uh, keeping an eye on Trevor Lawrence and making sure that he does not uh, really go anywhere. Um, the you know the defensive line trying everything that they can to uh, eventually get uh, get into um, and break the integrity of that Clemson offensive line uh, and just uh, the scheme on that side of the ball. Uh, the thing that I do want to get into. Um, I know that uh, this uh, the show uh, right now in the in the college football playoff no, the numbers really don't matter as much as they did like in in the regular season or like the regular season numbers don't really matter as much because this is postseason uh, football and it is a it, I I firmly believe that it is a mentality of who who you want to beat and where you want to be. Uh, and LSU certainly did that against Oklahoma, winning winning so handily uh, in in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl uh, just a couple of uh, short days ago, um, about two weeks ago. But um, my my question is going to be on the other side of the ball on defense. Clearly, Clemson Clemson is the number one uh, defense in in the country as far as stop rate, and and stop rate is the measure that um, that they use for. You know, it's just it's just a simple. How many drives do you have? How many how many of these drives do you end up stopping? Um, you stop a drive that that doesn't go uh, for in for a score, and uh, how often do you have a, a three and out rate like immediately? Um, Clemson is uh, ranked first in FBS in, in both of those categories with a 86.6 percent stop rate and a 51.8 percent three and out rate. LSU is ranked 17th in the stop rate at 74.8%. Um, and they are ranked ninth uh, currently in the three and out rate at, at 40.9. Obviously, these are numbers that I'm giving you, um, Matt Sims, that I'm giving you these from the end of the, the regular season when they ended in December before or ended in November, before the uh, conference championships, before the bowl games. And so with that, with that being said, uh, this, this kind of gives me 
um, a, a little bit of, of insight as to, okay, th- in predicting this game, can it possibly come down to which defense plays better? Um, or is it still going to be on the offensive side where, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, won- he won the Heisman, dude's thrown uh, for 55 touchdowns and, and for over 52 100 yards, and uh, the other quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, being only throwing 36 touchdowns and, and getting close to 3,500, and, and th- there's a huge gap in that. Um, but, like, really, I, I want to cover the other side of that, the aspect of, of the ball, and that is on defense. What do you think would be the key to this game, uh, Clemson being continuing to like, have to prove itself to uh, national contenders and those who aren't uh, Clemson fans? Uh, versus an LSU team who has just been so dominant on offense that you, you usually forget about the defense and, and what they've been able to do? Well, your initial thought and inclination is that, that Clemson's got to get pressure on Burrow, uh, that they've got to get to him, they've got to make him get rid of the ball quick um, or get to him before he can get rid of the ball. But I would caution anybody who thinks that's the measure of success um, for employing that strategy because Burrow, uh, unlike probably 99.9% of all the college quarterbacks out there in the game right now, has uh, shown that when he's uh, in the face of pressure, he seems to he seems to perform at an even higher level. Uh, you know, we all saw the throw in the SEC championship game when the Georgia defender came through and got in his face, uh, and he had to back away from him. And then the defender came at him again, and he kind of juked him, rolled out to his right, and then made a made a throw on the run down the field to Justin Jefferson for about a you know a 60, 70 yard completion, uh, which was just the, the 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 nail in the coffin for all the other Heisman contenders because it was such a uh, an amazing Heisman type of throw. So, um, you know, just simply putting pressure on Burrow is not the answer. Um, and how do you do that? Okay. Uh, you know, I said before the season, I thought the LSU's offensive line was going to be their weak key, but that was, uh, I said that before I knew that they were truly going to run a spread offense like this. Uh, if they were, had tried to line up in the old, uh, and run the old I formation type of offense that Miles had had for years and that Orgeron had semi inherited and was still running because he didn't have the offensive coordinator and offensive personnel from a coaching standpoint that he needed to implement this offense, there was no way this offensive line was going to be able to move, you know, move the big guys up front uh, to run that type of offense. But they have performed spectacularly in this offense, uh, pass blocking as well as any offensive line I've seen. Um, and they've won, you know, all the accolades, rightfully so because of that and so you know I'm, I'm sure that Clemson is going to throw them uh, all kinds of different looks and throw in some new looks that they haven't seen uh, LSU center uh, Lloyd Cushenberry who's a very intelligent kid very underrated kind of a surprise signee several years ago when he signed with LSU and people thought he was going to Mississippi State um, he's the rock of that offensive line and he said in an interview that they spent a, a solid hour in the film room just going over all of the different uh, formation fronts that Clemson's defensive front has run this year and can run. So they are, they're well aware that Clemson likes to throw out all kinds of different defensive fronts, uh, and they know that they're going to get some new looks they probably haven't seen. So 
Uh, Clemson definitely has to do something to create some confusion there uh, to try to help draw away some pass blocking assignments to try to create some gaps in the middle. Maybe run a little stunt, you know, maybe run some stunts to get the ends to come up the middle or run a delayed blitz. Um, you know, throw in a different front there, maybe get two guys to block one guy because somebody gets confused on their assignment and opens up an alley for a linebacker to blitz up the middle, something like that. Um, I don't think that they just can simply line up and, and run a four-man front on their offensive line and expect that they're going to get enough penetration uh, to uh, keep Burrow from getting the ball off. Because Burrow gets rid of the ball quick. You know, LSU does run a lot of quick passes. Uh, they certainly have the capability of doing that. And, uh, you know, I think Clemson's going to have to run. They're going to have to do some something defensively, if you, like I said, either stunts or blitzes to get in there to get some pressure on them. Um, you know, but another aspect that LSU's going to have back at full strength for this game that they didn't fully have against Oklahoma is Clyde Edwards, the layer of the running back. And he hurt his hamstring during practice leading up to the Peach Bowl. He wound up playing surprisingly in the Peach Bowl, but he wasn't that effective. Um, uh, they only put him in a few situations. He wasn't the same explosive running back that he was when he introduced himself to the national stage against Alabama when he just lifted the tide up. But he's back at full strength now, so they're going to have him back at their disposal, which really opens up their full, their full arsenal of offensive uh, plays they can throw against Clemson's defense. So, uh, you know, I, I see that matchup as being a really interesting one because, uh, you know, Clemson's got a We were just live right now with Matt Sims, and he was talking about the um, the effectiveness of uh, the LSU team, and, uh, and and we'll hopefully try to get him back in here. But yeah, the the, the effectiveness of the offense that LSU has, and now that they have uh, Clyde uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, or no, I, I think it's Carl Edwards Hilaire, um, the the running back for for LSU. He was not really utilized so much. It is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He was not really utilized that much in the Peach Bowl uh, against Oklahoma. He really only had a few. Uh, only a few carries, uh, uh, two attempts for 14 yards. He wasn't really used all that much uh, in the Peach Bowl, but uh, that also meant that the uh, the passing game was on fire uh, for that game there uh, in the college football playoff uh, semifinal. Uh, and and Matt, really one 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 final question to ask you is uh, who who do you have in this game? Uh, and, and also to mention that that Joe Burrow, yes, I do absolutely agree with you, a hundred percent. He is he is a better quarterback when when he's put under pressure. His ability to extend plays, and I also do believe that his receivers are are taught as well to uh, watch watch for him when he does extend plays because like their their ability to get open and and give him those chances to throw the ball instead of throwing the ball away uh he makes a completion and and makes a team uh pay for it when when you would least expect it but um the last question would be uh LSU is the is the favorite right now uh odds makers have them uh as at about a 6 point favorite now it's a uh, uh, now it just got reduced down to a 5.5 since we've uh, been uh, since we've been on the air uh, talking to you, and the over and under is about at at 69 and a half. We're expecting this game to be um, 
a lot of people are expecting this to be a very high-scoring game because these are two very efficient offenses uh, going for about 500 total yards uh, on average per game. But these are two teams that rack up about an average of 45 points a game, uh, whereas Clemson's only allowed um, an average of uh, 10.5. LSU's averaged about 21 uh, points against uh, their teams. So when, when this game kicks off, also not to mention the ESPN's Power, power Football Index, the Football Power Index, has Clemson a 55.8% favorite in this game, but yet odds makers and some people in the public eye, I would imagine, have LSU. Uh, so this is another one of those, you know, Clemson-Ohio State games where it's a coin toss. Um, this, this may well be another coin toss as well, but uh, Matt Sims, I, I want to ask you, who do you have uh, in this game going forward? Who, who do you think um, has the upper hand here that can that can take the win on uh, Monday night? Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think the over-under of 69, 69.5, I think what you said, something like that. I, I think that might be a tad bit high. I get why it's like that. With how, how many points LSU has scored and the fact that their defense has been successful to be scored on, it makes people believe it's going to be a shootout. I, I think it's going to be closer than that. I think it'll be more in the range of uh, maybe 28 to 24. Uh, uh, LSU will score. Uh, I just uh, I, I would be stunned if if they didn't score at least 20 points in this game. Um, and I think Clemson will find a way to score because Trevor Lawrence is just that good of a quarterback, and Davos winning is a good coach too. Uh, but I, you know, LSU just seems to be a team of destiny the way that this has worked out for them, and they've got best four receivers out there. I think LSU, I've got LSU winning it, um, not covering. I've got it like a 28 to 24 type of game. Um, you know, it, it certainly could break out and become a shootout, but um, I, I think that I, I think that LSU is just, you know, certain things that happen in seasons for teams that win championships that just seem to, seem to be a team of destiny. Um, you know, those types of breaks have happened for LSU this year. Uh, so I, I have them winning it. I like them to win it, but in a much closer game, I think it'll definitely be the best game of the year. Um, but I, I think in the end, LSU's receivers are just too good. That uh, Clemson's not going to be able to guard them all game long. It's just too. They're they're just too good. The whole group of them are just too good. If you go man on man, somebody's going to burn you. If you double one guy, the other guy's going to burn you as well. I think eventually that's going to catch up. Uh, so Clemson's defense and Burrow's going to be able to make enough throws um, to score enough points to get over the hurdle. But it's going to be a fun one nonetheless, an exciting game. It's going to be some terrible weather down here Saturday. Just FYI, if anybody's coming, it's supposed to be awful weather in New Orleans Saturday morning and around lunchtime. Um, but then after that, it's supposed to be good weather the rest of the time, all the way through to the game Monday night. So. Well, glad to have, well glad thankfully, to talk to you, Will. yes, sir, absolutely. And there you go, everybody, Matt Sims. And thankfully that the, the game is going to be played in Mercedes-Benz uh, Superdome, so it's going to be indoors, so the elements, you don't really have to worry about all of that. So, uh, Matt Sims, once again, thank you for, for joining us, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. No problem, man. Take care.
Yes, sir. That was Matt Sims, everyone. And you can uh, be able to follow him on Twitter at MattSims79. Uh, that's Matt at MattSims79. He is an LSU and prep sports writer uh, for Crescent City Sports, uh, a prep football reporter for uh, Ken uh, Trahan's original prep football report on uh, Nash 106.1 FM uh, down there in Louisiana. And so g- giving him a shout out there. Um, always a pleasure for uh, for uh, other guys. Uh, not not so much uh, in in the belt of the Carolinas where where we are. Um, and of course, this is uh, this is great. He's an LSU guy covering LSU, um, and we're I'm, I'm a Clemson guy in particular. But uh, you know, covering Clemson and, and covering the sports here in the Carolinas, um, always thankful for him. That Matt Sims, and you can follow him at Matt Sims seven nine on. Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. That will do it for us here at uh, Southern Sports Central on this Thursday edition of the show. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much. Uh, once again, um, we're going to come at you again uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and and be sure to tune in and, and keep updated with us on, on the air, uh, off the air, all of those things. Uh, so on behalf of Richie Altman, my name is Will Porter, and this has been Thursday edition of Southern Sports Central. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Have a good day, everybody.